The following is a Mission Studios podcast. Warning. The following violates social protocol, political correctness, and common decency. We will not be held responsible for any resulting offense, outrage, or indigestion. Coming to you from the Mission Studios in Studio One. It doesn't matter because it doesn't exist. But fuck yourself. Bring in the fun, the fear, and the exhilaration of the everyday mundane bullshit to your ear holes. Oh, we're going to get some hate mail over this episode. Well, I hope so. We're about time to some fucking mail. Inconsistencies in the Bible? No, I would no, never assume could, such. Of course not. Oh, that was perfect. Everyone mount up, get into, and ready for the missionary position. It's Friday. It's February 9th. And I spent the last week losing my shit, literally. <laughs> I'm Jason. And I'm AC. And on this week's episode... We answer more unanswerable questions. We record an episode on autopilot. We celebrate our first patron. And wonder if we've gone way too far this time. Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> so lube up. Turn off the lights. Lay down. And get ready to have your eyeballs sucked through a straw. Jesus fucking Christ. This is episode six. Okay, so on episode five, we tackled the first five of a list of 10 questions from Cornerstone Church in Kingston. We still don't know where. Right. Um, Kingston somewhere. <laughs> so I guess this episode we're doing the final. Last five. Yeah, not the best five. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the way you relate the coin. Why are you scared of death? What happens when you die? Is death the end? Why does it matter? And why are you scared? <laughs> Taking a lot of assumptions there, but run with it. First of all, why are you scared of death? Flawed question. The question is flawed because it assumes that I am scared of death, which I am not. What happens when you die? I know I'm probably inadvertently quoting somebody who is much more intelligent and articulate than myself but I'm going to answer that question by saying plenty of things happen they just don't involve me <laughs> <laughs> is death the end for me I believe it, it is and I believe that death is the end because I have no reason to believe otherwise nobody has ever died and come back to tell about it so I'm left with the assumption that it just is what it appears to be, the end of life. Why does it matter? Why does why does what matter? Death? No, that's the same question about Stephen King. Why does it matter? Why does it I don't understand that question. <laughs> Sorry for the long pauses here, but it just why does it matter? You should have said that. You can edit them out. <laughs> why are you scared of death? Why does it matter? Well, because I'm not scared of death, I, if the it matter is referring to the fear, it doesn't matter because it doesn't exist. Go fuck yourself. And why are you scared? I'm not scared of death. I have apprehension surrounding death, but that has nothing to do with the being dead part. It has to do with the how am I getting dead? And... <laughs> And when am I getting dead? <laughs> Billions of years... 
billions of years of evolution have left me with an instinctual sense of self-preservation. It is in my core being to preserve my own life. I don't want to die. That being said, I accept that I will die one day. I am hoping that that death is comfortable and or easy and at the very least swift. But these are all like, I guess, thoughts that, that have to do with things that are happening while I'm still alive. I mean, the, the business of dying involves a living being. Right. The end of that business is something that is final and death doesn't involve me. Well, like you said earlier, not to hijack your answer, but that why does it matter part? I thought that was constructed towards the death part of the question. Why does death matter? Why are you scared of it? Why does death matter? And I personally would say it matters because it's a part of evolution. Giving back. You die, you get eaten, you feed bugs, bugs feed dirt, dirt feeds plants, plants get nutrients, on and on. It's called the cycle of life. Well, you know, when you when you phrase it that way, it makes me look at that question in a slightly different light. I mean, if it's a case of why does death matter? I, I think the idea that our lives will one day end should serve as a reminder and an incentive to us to enjoy the time that we do have here, living the only life that we are guaranteed to live. Mm -hmm. So instead of wasting a bunch of time following nonsensical ideas of what, about what happens after we die... Why don't we focus on being decent human beings while we're alive? Before we die. Before we die. Right. You yeah. know, like not judging people and not castrating people because they believe differently than you. And yeah, you know, worshiping some guy nailed to a stick. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, oh, here, here's a great one for you. Why do people need to believe in God? Why are there so few atheists? <laughs> How could humans come up with such an idea? And why is it so important to so many people? <laughs> All right. Why do people need to believe in God? Because most people are codependent. They have to have something to either cherish or fear to feel validated because of the way they are taught when they're young. Why are there so few atheists? Well... Because you don't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. Your black swan that you asked about earlier, I personally have never seen one, but I believe out there there's an abnormality out there where there's a black swan. How could humans come up with such an idea? Have you seen a computer? <laughs> it's not like we're not, or it's not like we didn't used to be imaginative coming up with good ideas. It's not like people were not corrupt earlier creating a belief system in which they can funnel all the money from to make themselves in a position of power to go up politically against governments. That's how humans can come up with such an idea. Because Almost they're greedy. Like we've evolved to be creative and exploit that greed for personal gain. Almost. <laughs> Weird. Why is it so important to so many people? Well, that goes right back to my first answer codependency because it is so driven into people's heads they think they need it I have not met a Christian yet that can give me proof of God I have not met a Christian that can give me proof of God creating our situation 
I've had people give me silly examples. Like I talked to one person and I said, well, okay, tell me one thing that would prove there's God. And he said, have you seen mountains? And I said, yes. Have you heard of tectonic plate shifts? <laughs> they create mountains. It's not God coming down and pushing them together. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yes, I have to give you this one. I think it's well, the only one of two we have left, and I don't want this one, so you can have it. We've got three. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm okay with that one. I just don't want this one. Who is Jesus? <laughs> what makes this man different? Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. He said that his mission was to pay the price for our sins by dying on the cross and being raised to life. He promised that whoever believeth in him will not perish but have eternal life. Can he really be who he claims he is? Is he a fraud? If he's not who he claimed, then who was he? But if he is, will you put your trust in him? Oh. My. Fuck. Who is Jesus? <laughs> my gardener does a great job. No, that's Jesus. Well, that's how you spell it. I think maybe you're misreading it. Maybe you said, who is Jesus? <laughs> who is Jesus? Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus is a fictional character from a shitty book believed by many to be the son of God, believed by many to be the only person through whom we can be saved and get to God. I can come up with a lot of answers about who is Jesus according to different people. I think that because Jesus is such a household name, that's kind of a pointless question in and of itself. What makes this man different? Assuming that this man actually existed at any point in time, and I'm not convinced that he ever did, but playing along with the game, assuming that he existed, what makes him different? What makes any of us different? Every man, woman, child is different from every other man, woman, and child. It's a fucking stupid question. It's been answered, but it's stupid. Yep. Um, as for Jesus and his alleged claims... His claim to fame? We don't know that Jesus ever claimed anything. What we have is secondhand reports that are putting words in his mouth. If we're going to pretend that Jesus actually made these claims, yeah, sure, let's pretend. What the fuck? So Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, said that his mission was to pay the price for our sins by dying on the cross. I, first of all, what does one person's death have to do with the wrongdoings of another person? You know, if I act like a total piece of shit and you're like, don't worry, dude, I totes got this. I'm going to get these people to arrest me and then murder me. Does that make me any less of a piece of shit? I don't think so. So no. fuck you, Jesus. You died for nothing. <laughs> the guy that didn't actually exist died for nothing. And whether or not he died and then was later raised to life, I, I, I don't really care. The, the resurrection part is just as meaningless as the death part. Nothing about this transaction has any bearing whatsoever on any of my alleged wrongdoings. Mm -hmm. Well, and like you taught me in the past, it says in the Old Testament that the son cannot be held accountable for the father's sins. So why did that all of a sudden change? Maybe they called a do-over in the New Testament. 
Oh, that's what the New Testament is. Oh, wait a second. Are you saying there are like inconsistencies in the Bible? No, I would no, never assume could, such. No, no, of course not. No, the Bible's perfect. So can he really be who he claims he is? Or is he just a fraud? Um, I don't know that he can be who he claims he is. Because I don't know that a God exists. So anybody claiming to be the son of something that I don't know exists... I, I have no means to validate his claim. Well, and also, he, you don't know that he claimed to be. So you can't say he's a fraud, because this is all secondhand information that we're getting the claims from. I, I would say that based on all of the verifiable information that we have amassed as a species, we can safely assume that anybody claiming to be the son of a deity is a fraud. Because there has never been a verified case of a half-man, half-god. There has never been a verified case of a full god. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. So, is he just a fraud? Uh, can't say for certain, but best guess, totes. Um, if he's not who he claimed, then who was he? Well, whether he is or isn't who he claimed, I don't give a fuck who he was. It's irrelevant. Nothing he did or didn't do or said has any impact on my life. So, I can't really answer that question to your satisfaction. If he is who he said he was, will you put your trust in him? You know, maybe I'm going to hurt some feelings here, but I'm going to break it down like this. Okay, so you see some guy, and he's being pursued <laughs> by an angry mob. Okay, let's call this guy Jesus. Okay, so this guy can't escape the angry mob, gets captured by the mob beaten, tortured, ultimately killed. And I'm going to trust him for what exactly? He couldn't even save his own skin. And I'm supposed to trust him to save mine? You know what? <laughs> That's the one guy I don't want on my team. Well, you also got to remember, he took two people with him. <laughs> so not only is he not the son of God who cannot fight for himself, he's a fucking rat. <laughs> so choose your friends carefully. Yeah, and be careful, people. Yeah, he's not a good one. <laughs> And we've got two questions left, and I'm really torn on which one to give you here, because they're both, like, just really stupid. Hmm. What is the Bible? Who wrote this book? Why does it have a common overall theme? What makes it different to all other books? Can it all just be a mistake? What is the Bible? The Bible is a accumulation of 66 different books. Only four of the authors were known for sure, for sure, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all the others were anonymous, if I'm correct. I'm sure somebody will tell us that you're not. All right. But we don't know any better between the two of us here, so let's say you're correct. All right. So, what is the Bible? It is a accumulation of 66 different books. Who wrote this book? I already answered that. Four known authors, which would mean 62 who were not known. Why does it have a com common overall theme? Okay, actually pick up the Bible and read it, because it does not. There is not a common theme. There are contradictions throughout the Bible. Some say the only way through to heaven is through Christ, and some say that, oh, you have to sacrifice a goat. Depending which Bible, if you're going by Old Testament or New Testament, I've heard New Testament people say, you cancel out the Old Testament because the New Testament is God's new rules. If God's omnipotent, 
then he doesn't need new rules and he would tell you to fuck yourself. He would not need to send down his son to save your sorry ass. If you're not smart enough to do it on your own, then you don't <laughs> deserve to be here. I've also talked to some religious people who are of the faith, I will say. Not necessarily Christians, because they believe Old Testament. Okay. And they go through the goat sacrifice and... You know, it's illegal to sacrifice human beings, but they still use human blood, depending, you know, where you go, what you do. Some people, different flavors, right? What makes it different to all other books? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing makes it different. Can it all be a mistake? Okay, this is a very <laughs> deeply philosophical question. Oh. Yes. It can all be a mistake. Ouch. And that's the philosophy behind the Bible. <laughs> As you can see, I was ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of gathered. <laughs> so, <laughs> why was Hitler wrong? Short answer, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's so racist. Okay, no. The only thing that made Hitler wrong is he didn't comparative shot before he went, before he hooked up his gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get some hate mail over this episode. Well, I hope so. It'll be about time to get some fucking mail. What made Hitler's crimes wrong? How can anything really be right or wrong? Why is wife abuse or child abuse wrong? So you're insinuating that anybody beating up a male is okay. <laughs> Just so you know, a little side note. Whoever wrote this. Why is it not okay to disagree? Um, is morality just a matter of opinion? And go, brother. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to take a page from your book, and I'm going to attack this out of order. All right. Why is wife abuse or child abuse wrong? First of all, this question is sexist as fuck. It's like you said, why does it have to be wife abuse? You know, if, if, what if the wife is six foot two and like 300 pounds of muscle and the husband's just like a 90 pound pencil pusher and she beats the fuck out of him? Is that not abuse because he's a man? Fuck you. Why is wife abuse or child? Well, I'm going to read this as why is abusing another human being wrong? Because it violates the social contract. Because it's a fucking um, shitty thing to do. I was going to say because it's a shitty thing to do, but I think they're asking why is it a shitty thing to do. That's why I sort of like put the brakes on myself. But ultimately, we've developed a social contract. There's certain things that we have evolved to believe are acceptable or unacceptable behaviors. I think that um, on a strictly practical level, abusing the people around you isn't going to have any positive returns for you as a person in the long run. You're not going to be loved or respected. You may Absolutely. be feared, you may gain a little bit of control and short-term power, but ultimately that's going to come back to blow back on you. So whether you want to look at this as a practical question or a moral question, either way, well, it's, it's wrong for the aforementioned reasons. Why is it not okay to disagree? I think it is okay to disagree. Flawed mm -hmm. question. It's absolutely okay to disagree. And even if the disagreement turns into agreement later on you know at least you had the conversation mm -hmm. 
Um, you learn more from disagreeing with a person than you're ever going to learn from agreeing with them. Right. Conflict is a breeding ground for new knowledge. So yeah, it's and compromise. It, yeah, it's not only okay to disagree; it is a wonderful thing to disagree. It is a desirable thing. It's a beneficial thing. And like, what kind of a fucking jackass would ask this fucking question in this way? <laughs> oh, well, seriously, what is wrong with you? <laughs> no, maybe I'm having an irrationally passionate reaction to this question but this is ridiculous why is it not okay to disagree okay i'm back all righty <laughs> holy and why are you scared oh jesus i'm just kidding kind okay, of from another so, person i did that to fuck you up. <laughs> what made hitler's crimes wrong if you have to ask that you are such a twisted fucked up jackass like i, I don't even know what to tell you what made hitler's crimes wrong I think he violated the social contract on a huge scale. That's what made it wrong. It, it, it introduces an interesting question. I mean, I think where they ended it with this segment was something about is morality just a matter of opinion, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think what made Hitler's crimes wrong ties directly into is morality just a matter of opinion because Hitler violated the social contract, like I said, on a fairly large scale. Hitler also felt completely justified in what he was doing, as did his supporters. Now, that begs the question of, ultimately, is morality objective or subjective? You know, is right and, are, are right and wrong carved in stone concepts, or are they a little bit more fluid? Now, from the perspective of Hitler and his followers, was he guilty of wrongdoing? No. From their perspective, he was not. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not suggesting that that um, justifies him from my perspective. From where I sit, what he did was wrong because from where I sit, he did things that we don't accept to be desirable or beneficial or ultimately good. I think it gives occasion for all of us to think about how we define morality for ourselves. I mean, like I, I mentioned the social contract. I mean, in order for to have a, a functional society, there are certain rules of engagement that we need to agree upon as a large scale just for the, the, the purpose of just general functionality. Right, absolutely. Okay, now that's not to say that we don't still have moral questions to wrestle with on a personal level because there are those situations where we're faced with a decision of do I violate the social contract or do I not? That's where your own personal moral code comes in because there are times where, yes, the social contract says it is wrong to end the life of another human being. However, in a case of personal safety or in protecting one of your loved ones, you will potentially violate that portion of the social contract and end the life of another human being if you deem it justifiable. You know, it's, I, I don't think morality is that cut and dry. And you're sure as shit not going to get it from a collection of 66 old timey <laughs> books. Morality is something you're going to have to figure out through observation and through introspection. I don't and know. Personal belief. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know that there's any other way about it. it. It's morality isn't about following a documented set of rules. 
it's about doing the right thing as you understand it and I believe that to break down in the ways that I just described so I don't know that as much as this is probably going to offend a lot of our listeners I don't know that it's such a clear-cut question of you know why was Hitler why were Hitler's actions wrong we can't even say definitively that they were outside of our own perspective it's it's date and time too we're judging somebody in 2018 for something that happened way back when yeah and i i still i I think that way back when mass genocide was certainly frowned upon as it is now on a a smaller scale there's any number of things that come up for us in the day-to-day uh, where we want to judge people for their actions of the past. We touched on this in our last episode. You need to take things in the context of their social and chronological environments. Maybe Hitler's not the best example of that as far as determining like how his perspective was shaped. I think these things need to be considered, just as we do in a court of law. Well, and back in the war days, prejudice was a lot more accepted prejudice was a lot more well I guess he, a lot he more allowed well he never would have sold these concepts to an unwilling populace no he would not have so, so he was obviously acting well within the terms of his social contract right. as disgusting as that may be to us mm-hmm. wants to make a per episode donation visit www.patreon.com slash missionary So, I was on Facebook, and I was perusing through it today, and I ran across this really, really hurtful story, in in my heart anyways. So, there's three pictures. On the right-hand side is this pretty girl with brown hair and blonde highlights put into it. And then there's two pictures on the right-hand side when you're looking at it, and it has her hair cut super short, like crop cut, like military at the back, um, styled in. And the caption at the bottom says, this is what my daughter looked like Sunday when I took her home. And the other two pics are what happened to her before she was brought to me, all over having highlights put in her hair for her birthday. Okay, so if I'm understanding this correctly, mom takes daughter to have her hair done. Right. Dad sees hair, gets upset, shaves down daughter. Right, and the mom and dad are split up because it was the dad and the stepmom that cut her hair. To me, that sounds like kind of a dick move. Like, Dad's just got his panties in a bunch because... He didn't have control of the situation. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's possible there's more to it, but on the surface, it really sounds like... No free will for you. (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of a dick move. I mean, pretty girl, not that that matters. I mean, um, but I can see how she'd be kind of upset. It's kind of a hack job on the hair. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll make sure that we get the link to this story in this week's show notes so you can see what the fuck has been done to this poor girl's head. Right. So, what's your take? If you had, okay, or you're tight with my daughter, so if, let's pretend for a second, her mom was in, the, in this situation, and she went for a weekend visit, and they came back, and her hair was cut, and you knew it was against her will, how would you feel? I think when you're dealing with, uh, I mean... I, I can't tell how old this girl is. I don't know if they mentioned in the story. She she looks to me to be about uh, 16, 17-ish. Yeah. I think that whether or not you approve of 
a child's um, fashion choices or appearance within reason, of course, at, at that age isn't really that relevant. I mean, you're, you're dealing with at this point, not a little girl, this is a young lady. And um, I think that her decisions as far as how her hair looks are more important than what mom and dad really think. Right. Especially if she's 16 or 17, if she's, you know, it's not like she's coming in like dressed like a, like a street walking prostitute nips hanging out, you know, right. Inappropriate clothing. I, I get where you might want to put the brakes on the kids somewhat, but I mean, by anybody's estimation, this is a very conservative look that she's gone for. There's nothing crazy going on. It's just a girl with, you know, what I would perceive to be, you know, quote unquote, normal looking hair. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if mom and dad are split up and they got a problem with the fact that they split up and things are ugly, I don't see why the daughter needs to be dragged into the middle of this bullshit. If it's a case of mom overstepped a boundary as far as dad was concerned, why didn't you just pick up the goddamn phone and say, hey, like, I would have appreciated some input on this. Mm -hmm. Or even on the extreme case, dye it back to its natural color. If it has to come to that, sure. But I mean, yeah, I mean, hacking all the hair off, that just... That seems a little bit like a tantrum to me, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you What do you think she should have done? The the, da- the daughter or yeah. the mom? The daughter. Well, the unfortunate thing is, I mean, what can a kid really do when they're dealing with a, a parent who is? I I don't want to jump right into saying abusive, though. That that's how I might look at it. Right. Other people may disagree, but when a child who is living under her parents' roof and is who is a minor, when I say child, I don't mean like young kid, just a minor who is living under their parents' roof. You're dealing with somebody who is unfortunately subject to a certain degree to the whims of the parents. They're ultimately powerless in the situation. What mom and dad say ultimately will go if mom and dad, this mom or dad, I should say, decide to dig their heels in. Right. Um, what what can they do? I mean, I, it's it's kind of shitty, but ultimately nothing. And I, I think because the the kids are ultimately so powerless, mm-hmm. the parents have to be really conscious of the kinds of decisions they make and the kind of actions that they take, right. because they're ultimately controlling the destiny in many ways of another human being you, you can't take that responsibility lightly mm-hmm. it's not a power trip it's a responsibility well do do kids in the states have the same rights that kids in canada do like here if if you feel if you even feel your parent is in any way abusing you you there are child services that you can call all across canada to say hey you know what like i'm getting treated like this and inside of 40 minutes somebody will be there my understanding is it does vary state to state mm-hmm. so I, I guess it it depends where I, I don't know what the laws are where where this girl is mm-hmm. I mean the, the other problem is too I mean even if it's a case of she feels like she's being abused emotionally or something like that um, there may be places where they might just think that she's being a drama queen they might think well you're getting in the way of help for real abuse cases right I mean, the, the whole idea of what constitutes abuse, it's it's a very subjective thing. Yeah, and it's very fickle. Yeah. Yes. I, I do think that, I mean, being in the situation, I mean, my my ex and I do have a, a child together. Right, you co-parent, right. Yeah, and, and we, we, we co-parent, and it, it hasn't always been easy because we, we obviously, we had enough differences where we decided to terminate our relationship, at least in the context of being husband and wife. And for many years, we didn't get along. I mean, that that's not the case now. We get along just fine now. But even with us getting along, even with us having a healthy and 
treasured friendship, there are still times where we disagree with uh, decisions to do with our son. Right. And it's very, very difficult at times to try to negotiate compromise. And at times, uh, a decision will come up where one parent just has to make the decision and ignore the the wishes of the other because things just need to to keep moving forward, right? Right, but not to the degree that this is happening. Not no, not right. to this degree. I mean, it's I I understand that there are challenges. I mean, that's basically where I was going with this is that despite the fact that there are challenges with co-parenting when you're no longer together, not to say that there's no challenges when you're co-parenting and you are together, it's just a different set of challenges when you when you split up. Ultimately the goal should be in pursuing the best interests of the child and it should not be in, okay, well, I don't like you and you made a decision I disagree with. So I'm going to undo it in a very drastic way. Because I mean, back to what you were saying before, well, why couldn't the dad who just, if he had a problem, just dyed the hair back to its original color? Well, just um, playing a creative guessing game here. Maybe dad figured that, um, well, maybe mom will just go put the highlights back in and we'll just keep playing this game back and forth. So he just removed all options of his decision being overturned by chopping all the fucking hair off. Right. It was it was very final. I, I, I can't think of any scenario which would excuse that decision on his part, short of a flaming <laughs> case of fucking head lice. I mean, but... Right. Well, and that's totally different. You know that that's a health concern. You don't want to keep lice in your kid's hair. Absolutely. And if you if it's so bad and it's so ground in because one person one parent was irresponsible and you have to shave your heads. Well, sometimes I'm sorry, but that might have to be an ultimatum. Yeah, I'm sorry. We live in a garbage state where medicine isn't a thing, so we're gonna have to cut your hair off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also looking at this, I found another picture, and it says, "Look at the professional cosmetologist." that did the haircut. Imagine that. And in the background is her evil aunt and Kelsey's stepmom. I guess Kelsey is the one that got her haircut. I can't believe that in 2018, anybody gives a flying fuck about a goddamn haircut. Like, we don't have bigger fish to fry here. You mean a hair dye? Hair dye, haircut, hair, whatever the fuck. I mean, like, as long as the hair isn't, like, in the fucking bathroom sink, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if she wants to have a mohawk or if she wants to go bald or whatever, that should be her choice at that age. Well, it's one of those things that, like, I often struggle with. Because, I mean, my, my younger is 10-ish years old. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he gets certain ideas in his head sometimes about how he wants to look that I just don't agree with. Like, mm-hmm. I think he looks like a complete douche nozzle when he starts growing his hair long. Right. I don't think it suits him. I think it looks scraggly and gross and whatever. But that's what the other kids are doing. That's what he wants to do. And it's like, you know what? You're the one who's got to walk out in public looking like that. As long as you're clean, I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, I can't let my ideas and my hang-ups dictate, like, how you present yourself. I, I try to put myself back in the kids' shoes. I mean, I was young once, too, believe it or not. <laughs> and my parents were absolute dicks about it. I mean, they didn't like the way I had my hair. Well, you know, they tricked me into giving me a haircut and chop it all off. They didn't mm-hmm. like my clothes. Although my, my favorite shirt would disappear. That right. kind of thing. Or oops, I put a big bleach hole in your fucking shorts. Remember those jams we used to wear back in the eighties? <laughs> my dad hated those fucking things. Yep. But y- you can't pull these dick moves. Every generation's got its own style. I mean, and like all of us as parents, we're just outdated 
compared to our kids. And we kind of got to understand that and just fucking roll with it sometimes. Yeah, we got to look back at our past and remember what it was like when we were kids. We have to do that in order to be comparable to our kids. Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, their employees, or its entertainers are in no way comparable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you as a human being cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you in your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. And again, not the responsibility of the studio, podcast, employees, or its presenters. Send your opinions hate mail, boob pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at missionarypod and like us on Facebook at Missionary Position Podcast. If you are so inclined to help this broadcast get better or just wish to help out, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash missionarypod.